Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Truck Stop Guru. I am your host, Sifu John. I wanted to talk to you guys today uh, about something that's been coming up quite a lot lately, and that was um, the Native American prophecies and the Native American wisdom and how we can use that, uh, how it's still relevant even today. Um, I'd mentioned uh, in one of my earlier podcasts about uh, the Iroquois Confederation and about how they would um, they they would treat everybody as equals with regard to your responsibility to everyone else on the planet, and their main thing is love, share, and help, and that's all uh, you were supposed to do. So I'm going to get into that a little bit, and uh, also talk to you about uh, about the Lakota prophecy that had come come to pass of the white buffalo calf woman, and you guys may have missed it, uh, but she was here already. But but all of that ties into, how does that tie into anything that we care about today? And how can you actually make use of that? And does it even matter? Well, so let's first of all let's start out with uh, going over a little bit deeper about the Uruguay Confederation. The Uruguay Confederation, like I said, was a, a group of tribes uh, within the eastern, what is now the eastern United States and Canada and the northeast and New England area, uh, mostly upstate New York and, and the Adirondacks, all around that area there. Um, and they came together with a plan uh, to change the way they were living. Um, there was a lot of cannibalistic practices before that, and I'm not making fun of anybody. This is this is history. This is what they said was going on. And because of that, it was decided that... Um, that Hiawatha would would actually found a new uh, confederation of tribes, and they would change the way they were teaching uh, their children, and they would actually live in a spirit of harmony and try and make sure that they um, shared with one another. And you went through the whole love, share, and help thing. Now, what what they would do with this and how you would teach this is they would literally take the child at the age of three or so, and they would take you before an elder who knew the medicine for the sign that you were born under. Now, they didn't have calendars, per se. They went by moon, a moon calendar, moon system. A lot of ancient uh, uh, cultures used the moon because it was, was fairly easy to count with it. Um, and what moon you were born under, your time period you were born under, would determine your personality. So... Within the tribes, and the tribes all had different types of animals, depending on what part of the the or what their their animals were near them, I should say, what their environment looked like. But the idea was that you had these different animals that all behaved in certain ways, and they would communicate with each other in the forest. So the elder would take you out into the forest, and he would teach you about see how the squirrel is talking to the deer and telling the deer what to do and the deer is telling him that he's got a better idea and he's going to do this instead and and they would actually listen to the communication of the animals in the forest and they would actually learn how to deal with people in this way because if you were born under the sign of of what whatever your moon was there was a corresponding animal that would um would carry your traits or you would be very very similar to the traits the personality traits of an animal within that uh moon sign if that makes sense so they had a, a system of 12 different moons 
that had all these different animals and that made up the medicine shield. And you would go through this shield and it would take you about a year or so uh, and you would learn how to live with each one of these animals. And you would start with the elder that knew the medicine that you were born under. So um, for me personally, uh, my I'm a cougar, which is uh, March. So, uh, and again, it depends on the tribes. In some tribes it was cougar, and some tribes it was wolf, depending on where you were at. But the idea was it's a very similar um, animal, a very similar mindset, where uh, if you are a wolf person and your your friend is a deer, you might notice that they'll always have better ideas than you, but boy, can you sneak up on them quick. They will never know you're there. And if you come up behind a deer person and you tap them on the shoulder, they hit the ceiling. Because they didn't know the big cat was there. And that's just the way it is. So it teaches you that you have to be careful around certain types of people. And you have to pay attention to the way certain people want things done or the way they do things. That's that's their personality type. Their personality is influenced by the animal. And the theory was that if you understood how the animal operates, then anyone you meet, you will understand how to deal with them. And frequently what they would do is they would wear the symbol of their of their moon somewhere on them so that you would know or perhaps it would be within their name you know many bears obviously he was born under the sign of the bear so you'd know who you're talking to and you know what you're dealing with and you know don't you know if he's hungry don't don't piss him off so there's just things like that you would you would be able to uh, communicate with one another the other members of your tribe Now, what would happen is if you did get into a disagreement, an argument, if you forgot that you were supposed to love, share, and help. Remember I said love, share, and help is it. Now, if you missed it earlier in the earlier podcast, I'll go over it real quick. But they would take you to the elders when you were young, three years old, right before you go off and meet this medicine man and go start your, your journey of the wheel, you would sit in a tight-knit circle with all of the elders of the council and the chief in your face, all around you. They'd all be touching knees right around you. And they'd say in unison, young lady or young man, you're here on this earth, this earth walk, to do three things and three things only. You're here to love, to share, and to help. No other behavior can or ever will be tolerated. Do you understand? Now, these are the most people, the most important people, on the planet, and they're in your face. So they have your attention. And the idea was to get this in there young, right? Because uh, we, we know from other studies that the personality forms by the time you're seven. So you want to get this impressed in there now, early, when the kid's young. So you are then taken to the elder who knows your medicine, and you go live with this person for about a year or so, and you learn the way your animal behaves and you would learn this until you understood that animal so much that you could go and sit down and that animal will come over and lay down next to you and you can pet it and that was the idea behind uh, learning how your animal learning your own power animal and then dealing with other people's power animal and again if you forgot that if you know I got into an argument with uh, with brother Raven because I forgot that Raven's you know, like shinies, and he didn't mean to steal my stuff. I just had something that caught his attention, and I got mad about that. 
then we'd both get in trouble. And the chief would say, okay, well, you two both forgot. You're here to love, share, and help. So you need to go on Vision Quest. And you get kicked out of the tribe. So both of them would get kicked out of the tribe and they'd have to go on Vision Quest. And I would have to go live with the raven. He'd have to go live uh, with the wolf or the cougar or whatever, you know, the animal it was. And until you learned... What it was that you forgot? Oh, yeah, that's right. I should I shouldn't have said anything to him. That's just his thing, you know, or whatever. And then what you would do is you go back to the circle of the teepees. They would usually put them in a circular pattern for protection, and you'd stand outside the circle and you'd raise your hand, just like we do in school nowadays. But that's where it came from. You go outside, you stand there, and you raise your hand, and somebody go over and say, uh, you know, so and so is back, chief. And they come over and say to you, hey, you went on vision quest. Did you, uh, do you remember what you forgot? And you say, yes, uh, you know, I'm, I, I went and I lived with the raven and I, I, I remember now and I'm really sorry and I, I won't do, do that again. And they say, we know. And then everybody in the tribe give you a big hug and jump up and down. They give you a big kiss and it's forgotten. It's it. We're back in the tribe. That was the way they dealt with it. And every night at the fire, Loving, sharing, helping was recognized. Whoever was the most loving, the most sharing, and the most helpful during the day won the prize. The Oscar, if you want to call it that, right? It was a stick, it was a feather, it was a rock, it was whatever. Whatever it was that was something special, that it was natural. And that was given as a symbol to show that this person was loving, sharing, and helpful. So when the Europeans met these people and they were they had these weird costumes that were all adorned with all these sticks and feathers and, and beads and all kinds of stuff, they had no idea what the hell they were looking at. They didn't understand what it was that the culture, uh, where they were coming from. So there was a definite misconnect right off the bat because of uh, just a cultural difference in the way people were thinking and the way they were raising their children. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, anything bad about anybody one way or the other. I'm just saying that was it's just what it was. It was a misunderstanding of, of culture. The cultures did not um, share in the way that they could express themselves, and they didn't have a way of communicating that, unfortunately. Um, so we had this belief system to teach the children about the proper way to behave and the proper way to behave yourself and to deal with others. And that is definitely still relevant in a way today that we have where you need to know how to deal with people, how to um, not get, let your anger or your stress or frustrations get the better of you. You need to make sure that you can deal with people in a way that respects them and understand where they're coming from. Now, that doesn't mean you let them walk all over you. You still have to have your own boundaries. You have to respect yourself enough to have those boundaries. But, you know, at the same time, you don't need to be a jerk about it. Say, excuse me, hey, you know, I understand. I respect you. You respect me. We're good. And that's it. So that in itself has a way to um, to bring back some of these old wisdom into the way that we need to be thinking about things and the way that we need to be changing the mindset. And you guys can all see it now. The mindset is definitely changing back to the older ways. Um, and I also mentioned the the prophecy of the white buffalo calf woman. Now, if you're not familiar with that story, white buffalo calf woman 
It's a Lakota story that um, there's actually two different versions of it. One was happened several thousand years ago, and one was about six or seven hundred years ago. But either way you look at it, the, the idea is this, that in the native belief structure, now this is specifically more more Western or Midwestern, Lakota-ish, uh, a lot of tribes have very, very similar stories, but they're, they're not all identical. But the idea was this. You had... Uh, they use the the four colors of the of the medicine wheel. So you have red, white, yellow, and black, or sometimes brown. And those were the four uh, representations of the four tribes of man. Okay, and it was a belief that those four also represented elements. So you had the element of water, the element of uh, air, element of land, and the element of fire. And there was a belief that every time the world was created, that the four groups of man, these weren't races, they're not, not separate, they're, they're all, it's all still mankind, it's just l people who look slightly different, so they were different tribes. Each tribe was given a um, authority over one of the elements. And unfortunately, every time somebody was given authority over one of the elements, one of the groups of people went nuts and destroyed the world. So you had the first one, um, the red man was given the earth. And they were supposed to protect the earth. And something happened and the world was destroyed by earthquakes because they lost their way. And then uh, the second world came and uh, the uh, it was a black man had had been given control of the skies, and something happened that the skies darkened, and the world was destroyed because the black man had lost their way. And then there was in the last world, it was the yellow man was given uh, control of the water or the ocean, and we know now that we have over 250 different uh, creation myths of a great flood all over the world because the last world was destroyed by water. And currently, the white man who is in control of fire is diving headfirst into uh, destroying the world with uh, nuclear fire. Now, there have been other prophecies and other... other um, tribes that have said that this, this is a possibility that might not happen yet. And one of the ones along with the, the Lakota version is the Lakota says that the white buffalo calf woman will return to the women, return to the people. And when white buffalo calf woman returns to the people, this is going to signal that there's a change, there's an, a chance for the people to return to their proper ways. And if the people can return to their proper ways, then we can avoid the destruction of fire. And instead of having a destruction of fire, as we've had with the other elements, the fire will simply be change. And instead of destroying the world, it will remake the world in a better and more positive version of it. And I, I do believe that that's, that seems to be what, what we're looking at right now. It seems to be going that way. <coughs> but the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, 
the prophecy of the white buffalo uh, calf woman said that this uh, this woman appeared to uh, a shaman and told him that this story that she was going to return uh, 100 years after the native peoples had been decimated and lied dead in the ground. And she said a tribe would come from across the sea and devastate devastate the land and the people. And they would bring different ways and they would bring fire. This was obviously the white tribe. Well, we know this happened because the European settlers came across and they brought their fire sticks. And they certainly decimated a lot of the native uh, populations. And we know that by really about 18, 1890 or so, all the native tribes had been rounded up and put on reservations, the ones that survived, the ones that were left, and uh, other than the ones in Florida who were never defeated, and uh, the U.S. Army gave up on that because they just every time they tried to go into the swamps in Florida, they got their asses kicked, so they just didn't do it anymore. Uh, so we know that the wars were basically over by by 1890, and at that time, the United States was established, and, and pretty much the world didn't give a crap about uh, trying to wipe out the natives as much as they did they had before. Um, but once you have a uh, hundred years go by, the white buffalo calf woman is supposed to return. And in 1994, Janesville, Wisconsin, on the hydro farms, there was a white buffalo calf born. Now, the prophecy said if this is the true white buffalo calf woman, it's going to be a female. She was. She was named Miracle. It also said that uh, within 10 days of the calf being born, that her father would pass away within 10 days. 10 days after Miracle was born, her father, Marvin, perfectly healthy uh, bull, had a heart attack and fell over dead. And if this was the true white buffalo calf woman, then she was going to go through the four color changes of the wheel. And as Miracle aged, her fur changed color. She was not an albino. She was a true North American bison who was born completely white. But her fur went from white, from completely white, to completely red, to completely yellow, to completely black. And then it turned completely brown. And everybody was kind of expecting her to go back to being white again. She never did. Uh, sadly, she passed away. She was 10 years old when she passed away in uh, September 2004. But she did She did give us uh, four uh, healthy buffalo uh, babies. So she, she did have four calves. And before she died, she got sick. It was kind of unexpected because she was still only 10. Usually they live about 25 to 30 years, in the end, especially in an environment like that where they're, they're very well cared for. But um, she went over and uh, she was having trouble walking. And she went over and laid down next to Marvin's grave. And that was it. She didn't get up again. She laid down with Marvin and uh, the veterinarian was there and, and her human mama was there and her mama... Her buffalo mama and her children stood nearby, and she just passed away, uh, you know, right right next to Dad. So they ended up burying her uh, right next to Marvin. And there was, of course, big big funeral uh, where the Lakota Sioux 
Uh, many of them had come down from the Big Pines Reservation, and um, it was a big deal about it, obviously. But since then, there have been um, another, there was another one born in 2006. But the idea was that uh, White Buffalo Calf Woman had fulfilled her prophecy. She'd returned, and she told everyone, this is it. This is the change. you got to change now. And what we've been seeing was that people have been asleep. People had not been paying attention. People have not been really taking responsibility for their own actions. They have not been living by the medicine wheel. Certainly we're not learning how to how to take care of each other or deal with other people. All we ever do is uh, scream and yell at each other. And now we're seeing that there are protests all over the world due to government responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. And no matter where you stand on that, you've got to see that uh, that people are, are now changing their mindset about the whole thing. And even people who um, were terrified before are now snapping back and saying, come on, you know, stop scaring everybody. Let's let's move forward. Let's fix this. Let's get this better into a better state. And everybody has noticed that this idea of instilling passports and those kinds of mandates uh, are a tricky, uh, tricky thing to do. It's a slippery slope. And again, no matter what side of the fence you stand on, it's a good thing or not thing. Obviously, the the a lot of the people who are behind it are are trying to do it for the right reasons because they want to make sure that people are safe. But it also is one where you're giving away an awful lot of power, and it's one that needs to be returned to the people. And governments don't always have your best uh, intentions in heart. And every time they say they're going to do something temporary. It never turns out to be temporary. And if you don't know what I mean, then I'm just going to point out to the fact that the Internal Revenue Service only exists because of the Union war effort to fight the Confederates in the Civil War. And that was a tax that was imposed by Mr. Lincoln, and it was a temporary measure to support the Union war effort. And once the war was over and we all got back to normal, then obviously there would no longer be a tax on your income. And that's why that one guy goes to jail every year in Tennessee or wherever it is he lives because he protests this and he doesn't pay his taxes and he he goes to jail. Because temporary measure or not, they don't care. They like your money. They want it. Uh, after 9-11, we saw that there were temporary measures that were put in place, something called Homeland Security, even though at the time a lot of us thought it sounded very suspiciously like uh, some things that would be put into place in Germany in the 1930s. Uh, but, again, it was for safety, and that was the idea was that it was just a temporary measure until we make sure that everybody's safe and then it can go away. And being treated like a criminal when you try to get onto an airplane is a temporary measure. Well, that's not a temporary measure. They've been doing it now for 20 years. And most people don't remember a time when you didn't have to go through all that garbage just to get on an airplane. So these things just continue to spiral um, out of control because when you allow people 
to put these things in place, even though they say they're temporary. They're very rarely temporary. But we're seeing that there's a lot of people out there now who are saying, I, we don't really want to deal with that. We want to we want to make sure that we're going to get our freedoms back. And if you give away the freedom, you don't get it back. That's just the way it is. So um, that's beside the point, because I didn't really want to get into political discussions, because I don't, I don't really care. Um, and no matter what government are going to try to do to you, they cannot chain your mindset, no matter what. No matter what else they say, so you got to take your shoes off and get on an airplane, whatever. It, you still have to maintain the right uh, persistence within yourself. You have to maintain your own integrity of mind and thought and maintain your own control, your own responsibility. And that is our ability to respond, as opposed to responding with fear and anger and hatred, we respond by saying, you know what, uh, I'm going to respect myself. And if this goes beyond what I'm, I'm saying, there's a line drawn there, then I'm going to respect myself and I'm going to follow through on that. And if you look at the, the beautiful work of, of Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement, there were no, no smashing windows. There were no riots, at least not on his end of it. There were certainly a lot of police dogs and, and uh, fire hoses that were called out, but it wasn't for the people that were protesting. It was against the protesters. And Dr. King was very smart about that because he said, you know, if you raise one hand, this whole thing is damaged because you're going to ruin the credibility. The only way to truly win support is by, by doing what Gandhi did, and that is peaceful protest. And which is why Gandhi won all of his protests. Gandhi ended up freeing his entire nation from the most powerful empire on the planet. Why? Because he just said, we're not going to do that. You're not going to chain up my mind. You can put me in jail, which they did. And it didn't matter. He was going to be the one in control of it, no matter what the narrative was going to be, no matter what anybody said. So we still have that power. And... You need to keep in mind that no matter how bad things look, it's all a matter of perspective. You do have that power, and you have that responsibility to use that power. And what I would recommend is meditate. What I recommend is is go within yourself. Find the truth within yourself and go from there. So spending time, whether it's eating right, exercise, drinking more water, Yoga, Qigong, Tai Chi, any kind of martial art is fantastic. Uh, all of those things. Just just get out in nature. Um, be kind to yourself. And then think about it. Before you go and scream at somebody, take a step back and say, wait a minute, do I, do I need to do that or do I need to pay attention to how do I deal with this person? And one of the greatest things that we can take away from uh, the the lessons of the of the Native Americans and the mindset that they originally had within the Iroquois Confederation is this: the first lesson you had was know thyself. They had to learn their own medicine first. They spent at least a year on their own medicine. How many of us talk to ourselves? Right? Well, you talk to yourself. I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> but you talk to we talk to ourselves. But are we kind to ourselves? 
do we understand who we are? Do we even ask who we are? I mean, I've had people say to me all the time, I don't really know who the hell I am. Well, that's probably the first thing you need to figure out. And we are pushed around by things that we believe and things that we are, are taught to believe or things that are emotions, and we don't even realize how much control they have over our lives on these little things that maybe was just something said somebody said to you when you were five that nobody really thought much about has left a deep emotional scar it was part of the programming and now you subconsciously are always sabotaging yourself because of that and we don't even recognize that as being something that needs to be looked at in our society and unfortunately um, like when you're looking at mental health aspect of it, uh, the the modern mental health is, well, you go to the therapist and you tell them everything you can think of, and then you go back next week and you do it again. They never get to an end game. There's never a resolution. It's always go back next week, go back next week, go back next week. That's not helping anybody. I mean, you're going over things. That's wonderful. But are you ever coming up with a way to cure this and get out of it? So the the ancient mindset is know yourself know yourself know your own power animal learn your own power animal and go from there and if you guys are interested in that uh, in learning more about that for learning more about your own Native American power animal um, you can look it up there were um, there's a few different versions of of those out there uh, I believe it was uh, a Lakota shaman by the name of Black Elk who uh, had a dream and he came up with a medicine wheel that was supposed to be for all people, not just for uh, the native tribes. And so the Black Elk medicine wheel, if you look that up, uh, a lot of resources for it online and they'll give you an idea what to look at. Uh, and interestingly enough, they're they're pretty straight on as far as what the personality types were or are as far as what your your birthday um, or birth time period is obviously there's a lot of little factors in astrology and astronomy or all those things are not going to be a thousand percent but what you want to do again is just explore yourself go from there learn who you are and take the time to be kind to yourself and start working on that so anyway that's a little bit of a look at uh, some of the ancient wisdom Native American people, Native American prophecies, and the fact that it looks like a lot of that stuff might be coming to pass now um, because obviously the best prophets are the ones um, who are wrong because people paid attention to them and changed it. So let's, <laughs> you know, well, Nostradamus was, was great because as everybody died every time he predicted. So that's horrible. Nobody paid attention to the guy. It means nobody listened to him. Let's Let's make him wrong. You know, let's go ahead and, and make sure that we listen to the prophecies for a change and make ourselves uh, a better world. So keep going. I think we're going in the right direction. Uh, so practice that. You guys have any questions, as always, just go ahead and contact me. Um, I am more than happy uh, to help people out. That's what I do. I teach the internal mixed martial arts. I teach the Tai Chi, Chi Gong. Uh, I, I'm, I do, you know, health coaching, life coaching all those kinds of goal-setting coaches and things like that. So you guys go ahead and contact me if you have any questions, any problems, and I will talk to you again real soon. Thank you. <laughs>